0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, I'm here with IFBB Pro Andrew Barry. I have to throw that in more often just so people know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And of course, uh, not of course, we're here with our guest today, Nasty Nate Spear. In my opinion, one of the best bodybuilders in the NPC. Uh, Guys who, if you're watching live, if you have questions that you wanna throw in here, feel free to comment, and we'd be happy to take those questions. Um, We've got a few questions already lined up. Uh, Before we get to them, I did want to mention, guys, if you enjoy our content, then do us a favor, uh, comment, like, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And if you have not subscribed, we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week. We'll keep you company while you're at work and you can, you know, watch our shows instead of doing your job. So there is that. I had a question I wanted to ask you guys to start this thing out. Um Last episode, we did, uh, if you could only pick three drugs to contest prep on, what would they be? That was a tough one. This one's going to be a little bit easier. I'm going to narrow it down to two, actually. Instead of three, I'll go to two. If you had to bring your back up, okay? Back is your weak link. uh, And you could only pick two exercises to grow your back what would those two exercises be? And we'll go to our guest first, Nate, because you have an incredible back. Uh, let us know, brother. What a, And here's the thing, man. I think a lot of people who are listening, I mean, we're having fun with this. But at the same time, this is some good advice uh, from people who have a ton of experience in this sport.
1: Well, for me, ever since I pretty much started bodybuilding, every back day I start with pull-ups. So I'm going to stay with pull-ups. You can sort of, you know, do close grip, wide grip, um, target your different area. The beauty of back is, like, I really think it's where your sort of elbow path ends. So there's a lot of different, you know, ways you can train a back movement. So I think that's always a good thing with back. Um, And I'm a big, big lover of uh, bent-over barbell rows. Um, So that's huge for me. I think I can get it to target my whole back.
0: What do you mean the elbow? I got to back you up a second. What do you mean elbow path?
1: Well, let's say you're doing – so my next exercise would be a dumbbell row because you can sort of keep that elbow close, um, not quite bring it all the way back and target your lats really nice, or you can drive it to the side almost like a meadow row. You can sort of target that sort of upper middle back. You know what I mean? So that's sort of what I mean with like sort of your elbow path and where it ends and starts. I think you can sort of control – you know, sort of what area you want to target on your back, in my
0: hmm. opinion. So those would be your two, would be barbell row and dumbbell row.
1: Oh, two. I thought it was three because the drug yeah. one was three. Yeah. You're cheating <laughs> me up. <so. laughs> I wanted to make where it harder. Mean, I, like, I figured, like, like, Andrew last time, where he ended up naming five drugs. Yeah. Time? Yeah, It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> let me give you my whole prep cycle and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people get your notes out. Um, yeah, so I guess if I had to choose only two, I'd probably do pull-ups mm-hmm. and one arm dumbbell row only because, huh. I know Andrew will appreciate this. The one arm dumbbell row, I can control more if I have an injury going on. Oh. As as the, the barbell row, I might not be able to control if something, uh, injury, I will not be able to work around that, I guess.
0: Yeah. So you're
1: you're saying like,
2: um, for instance, if you had like a tweak in your lower back, for instance, like you can still yeah. support yourself with the one arm, whereas the, right. the the barbell row, you're not, you don't really get any of that support that's, that's protecting your trunk.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to be in perfect shape to pull off the barbell row. There's no question on it. I'd agree yeah. with that completely. Huh. I like those choices. How about you? Oh you know what before we go to Andrew, let me ask you this. Um so you said pull up versus pull down. Nate.
1: That was a question. Oh, I was saying pull up, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why pull up versus pull down?
1: Uh it's just something I always done and I've always had a really good connection with. I mean, the problem with the pull-up for everyone, though, is they're not really great at performing the pull-up. I think, we'll, we'll throw this in there. Let's say you can do an assisted pull-up, too, to make it fair for everyone. I think you can also, you know, use, if I use assisted pull-up a lot, and I really find a really good connection, and, um, you know, as far as contracting my lats. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people perform the pull-up wrong, hmm. so I think, you know, you have to be sort of, I don't want to call myself advanced, I guess I, maybe I am, but uh, you have to be a little bit advanced to know how to perform the pull up properly. Like how many times do you walk into a gym and someone's like doing, I call it an arm up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sort yeah. of using the, like yeah. everything they can and all their might, whereas they're moving you know, their back chest back up like, like that like yeah. you have to get it up over the bar. Yeah. Yeah, what,
0: exactly. What do you think about for people who, cause like, here's one of the limiting factors I think that pull-ups are difficult. Uh, What if a guy can only do like five pull-ups and that's it? What do you say to him?
1: Uh, I just tell him to use a band or the assisted pull-up to give him a little bit of assistance. And um, I'd rather have someone do, you know, seven or eight pull-ups that are really good contraction and control. So I think with back two, a lot of people miss out on that negative where you can sort of control the stretch. Yeah. So let's say I'm doing a pull-up. I'm sort of letting the, the load, you know, take over on my lat instead of just dropping it down, right? I think it's the same thing with like a row. You know, I think you can get a lot out of that negative as far as like letting that muscle control it on the way down. Um, so same idea with the pull-up.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I like that. I, but,
1: you know, for, I find a lot of people too with pull, uh, pull-overs. They don't really find a good connection. I guess hmm. it could be said pull-up too. So I guess you really got to – it's hard because everyone's a little different as far as the lat connection. I think that's one of the hardest muscle groups to sort of teach someone to connect with. I would agree. Um, <clears throat> So I think a lot of people, they don't take it
2: seriously because it's a muscle you can't see, you know Hmm. what I mean? Like while you're training it for the most part. So I think, you know, like, you know, when people first start working out earlier on in their career, what do they, what do they like to hit? They like to hit chest and biceps, shoulders and biceps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they'll throw some triceps into, and then once, you know, the older guys start giving them shit, they'll start doing legs (laughs) and they'll start taking their back a little bit more seriously, but it's just not a muscle you can see. I do think there's a component of like seeing and enhancing the connection. Um, yeah. To the, to the exercise. You yeah. Know? Um, but for my too, I'm actually going to echo the, um, the pull-ups with Nate. Uh, but it, to be specific, I don't like to do regular pull-ups. I do banded pull-ups. And the reason why is that you can keep your body straight up and down versus like Nate was talking about people that cheat a lot of the times, or they're, you know, they're, they let their legs come forward and it almost turns into more of like a row in a oh, sense. yeah. and they're doing whatever they can just to get a certain part of their body up to that bar. Whereas if I take a band, you know, I can take a certain percentage of my weight off. But more importantly, it keeps me in that straight line of pull. So I'm just targeting my lats in this vertical pull range. Um, So that would be one of my exercises. And then the other one is the chest supported T-bar row with a proteated grip.
0: You like that, Uh, huh?
2: I fucking love it. Hmm. Um, It's like my favorite back exercise. Uh, More so because I really do feel like... A lot of people don't target their teres, and this exercise in particular does target the teres. I mean, if if I could pick one machine, it would be the the, the, the T-bar machine, chest-supported, because there's so many different things you could do with it. You could do shrugs with it. You could do a close grip. You could do with a a neutral grip. You could do a pronated grip. But in particular, I really like a wide pronated grip because you can completely stretch out your lats and your teres, especially if you let your shoulders come over the top just a little bit yeah uh you know what has a really good video of this is uh psycho fitness training um sean Roden for his olympia prep back in like yeah, yeah, CrossFit pull ups. Exactly as someone mentioned, that, that that's what I want to try to avoid not doing is those CrossFit kipping pull ups. You know, yeah, that's cardio. That's cardio to me, and like bicep work. <laughs> but um, no, I was saying there's uh on that. You know, you guys know who Psycho Fitness is. Yeah, he trained Roden for his Olympia, and I think Dexter he worked with them or whatever. Yeah, he worked with a lot of high level guys out in California um, yeah. for their preps, and um, he's got a really good video of him showing technique on. Rashawn Roden on really getting an overstretch where you actually see his shoulder blades like come up and forward. Then you can tell he's stretching that muscle out oh. as far as it can possibly go. Yeah. And then contracting
0: still kind of bent over the machine a
2: little bit. That's my preferred um, favorite exercise.
0: Huh. I'd like to get into that. That's, that's a machine I want to get It's the chest supported uh, row for my home gym. I like, I hardly have any space left, but I've told myself like if I take the hack squat and I move it like this, and then I take the leg press and I move it like this, then I could squeeze that chest-supported T-bar in the corner, you know?
2: Elite FTS just made this new one that we tried out last week when we were out in um, Columbus. And yeah. this thing is like the bomb. And he has all these adjustable settings where if you want him to, like, it's, it's got these rotatable grips. So you know, you're not locked into just pronated or just neutral. Like if you want a semi-supinated because for some instance, like your shoulder or your, your elbows, for instance, are aggravated doing something in particular, yeah. you could you twist it just a little bit, but then you can also change um, how far out the grips go and okay. change how far up the grips go. So it, it can, you can actually tailor it for any, any body in particular. Nice. I've like actually used that Arsenal one. It's I think it's sort of similar. I've used the it's Arsenal. Very similar. One. Yeah. Super yeah. heavy. Yeah, it's super heavy. Yeah. Like it's not it's not an ego machine by by any stretch. Like it's it's both the Arsenal and the Elite FTS one. You put like a plate on yeah. each side and you're like, oh wow. Like it's yeah. like four plates on another machine,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: I'd say so I'm gonna go with this pull down variation that I kind of discovered this past couple of years. And when I, I, cause I'll tell you what, you know, I, I had trained back. I'd, I'd done John Meadows plans that were like back in the day when we talked about this Andrew, not too long ago, it was yeah. in the day when he was emailing his plans and he emailed his plan to, to Shelby. Like, this is what I did for back today. And then we would do that exact same back workout. And for about four years I did those workouts of John. So it's like, you know, our programming was superb, the best you could get. But then when I looked at the results I got and compared with the guys that I trained with, I was like, I don't feel like I got as much out of that as I should have. I've been able to, thankfully, I've gone back in Facebook and I've looked at some of my old videos that I had posted from back then and I see where I was making mistakes. And and I'll I'll go to what you were saying, Nate, that uh, I feel like elbow position for me was potentially an issue at times. I see a lot of guys doing pull downs. You can't see me completely here but like elbows are coming down out, elbows are coming out and you're just pulling to the very top of your chest, uh, I, I would do that. And I also feel like I didn't get a good stretch at the top. And what I've done since is I'm, I'm making, allowing myself to get a complete stretch so that lat's completely stretched, and then I engage from that stretch when I begin to pull. So keeping the elbows in then, it's almost like a pullover. If that makes sense, instead well, I of I think
1: I on your video. I remember you posted, it and I was like, "Yes, like
0: yeah, yeah, yeah." That's right. I remember that now. It's almost like a pull over for me now. The the pull down is, and I wish I would have discovered that years ago. But it it just it took stopping in thinking about how to use the machine to make it work for me. So that's my number one uh, pull down, but specifically using it the way that I just described. And then my number two is also dumbbell press, or dumbbell Mm -hmm. row, that's... uh, And you know what, for a lot of the same reasons you had said, Nate, that like barbell row, I love it, but my back's gotta be 100% for that. Uh, I also have T-bar rows available to me, but I don't feel like T-bar rows get me the same way a dumbbell row does. I can get mm-hmm. that full stretch. I, uh, I get that dumbbell out in front of me a little bit. I used to just pull it straight up, and now I kind of have an arc to the way I pull. Where when the dumbbell comes down, it comes down and it's out in front of me to get that full stretch in the lat. And then when I pull it up, it's 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 different, you know. I, I I've made it harder. The only reason
2: I don't say the dumbbell row, which I think is a great choice and I love dumbbell rows. The only reason I don't put it as my favorite is because I find the dumbbell rows, especially as you get like 125, 140, 150, like the work on the rest of your body is so intense that you sometimes aren't able to continue to completely focus just on the lat. Okay. Same thing with the barbell row too. if You get what I'm saying, like, like there's so much that you, you have. Like for instance, the barbell row, you got to keep your glutes flexed so hard to protect your spine and your back, so that you don't lose that connection in the in the posterior chain and open yourself up to injury. That sometimes, like, I don't feel as good of a connection to my to my lats or to my back in general. Yeah. Um, so that's why I prefer like a chest supported one. Um, so yeah.
0: I like this I comment. To touch on
1: there. I'm going to touch on your pull down real quick Yeah. because it's a huge thing is like people are doing like a row, right? And they're driving their elbows back. But like if you think about it from a bodybuilding posing thing, it's like, you know, when you hit a front double bicep and someone will be like, bring your elbows forward a little bit, you know, like this or whatever. It's the same idea. You know what I mean? So when you're doing a pull down, like you said, Scott, it's like if you keep your elbows in front of you a little bit, you're going to contract your lap better. And I think that's what we're going for because it's called the lap pull down, right?
0: yeah. Yeah. I saw this comment. I thought this was good. Uh, Andrew says, uh, Dusty would say barbell rows and barbell deadlifts.
1: Dude. (laughs) That dude's indestructible, though. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. His his barbell row, I have had so many clients that watch the podcasts, and then they want to do barbell rows like Dusty does. I'm like, ah, it's not for you. It's not for you. (laughs) It's not for 90% of us, you know?
2: He's never had a major back injury though, has he?
0: No, I don't think so.
2: Like I've never heard him complain about it or like, I used to love barbell rows and I used to love deadlifts, but then you just start to get in the habit of, you know, and maybe again, it it's like a weakness in the glutes or the abdominals or something else in the chain. But I, I just found it was more of a burden than, 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 a, than a plus in a sense, because, you know, I'd have a great day and I'd start work, or, you know, a good couple of weeks, work up in progression. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have like a set where like, you know, it just shocked you, and yeah. then I'd be out for like the next three weeks to be. I couldn't squat, I couldn't even hack squat, can barely leg press, or do any of those other exercises. You know, even carrying dumbbells is hard at that point. Um, so, I mean, I am a little older now, so I don't do deadlifts all that often. But
0: I feel like <laughs> Dusty. It's like you know how everybody makes or they used to make the jokes about uh, Chuck Norris. I feel like they could make those same jokes about Dusty, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know.
2: Especially now that he's, like, 60 pounds up from when he got out of the hospital, and it's only been, what, like, like, what, like, three months or something? Not even, like, two months or something like
0: that? Yeah, it's been, yeah, going on three now, I think, or it's it's a very short period of time, yeah. I mean, he's way You
2: say to someone, you've gained 60 pounds in three months, you think, oh, you're just a fat blob, but he still looks like a bodybuilder. Like, not as good as he did when he went in, but... You know, I think like
0: he's about there though. I think he's back up to like he. So I think. 290. Yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah. 2. That's crazy. It's insane.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Like, think about that.
0: <laughs> All right. I see we've got a couple questions on the live feed here. So we'll jump to those. Uh, but you've got one too, Andrew. You sent this over to me. I'm going to let you read this one while I look for a Great. couple more things. So if maybe you want to pull it up on your phone so you don't have to read yeah. it off of the screen. Uh, but, you mean i got
2: to turn off the Patriots game that I'm kind of keeping an eye on?
0: <laughs> is, is that what I hear in the background happening? Is that the Patriots no, it's game? No, on,
2: it's on. It's silent. Okay. Uh, hold okay. on. Let me pull it up real quick here. Yeah. What can I do with it? Okay. All right. So this one is from Brian Adams, and it came in a little, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, hey, Andrew, I love your post about the dirty carb up you use with Hemraj Malai. He's one of my clients that did, uh, he did the Tampa Pro, and he did the, the, uh, the Masters uh, Pittsburgh Show.
0: Okay. Uh, and
2: it's also something I did with myself. But one question for you. Let's say you do this and it works wonderfully. How do you track, in quotations, what is it that you ate so that you could replicate, replicate it again? I mean, the whole idea is to be able to replicate the protocol. When guys carve up with rice and cereal, it's very easy to measure how much carbohydrate, sodium, fat, etc. they're taking in. Do you have an idea about, uh, about was that many grams enough, too much, etc.? or do you not even attempt to track nutrients and just get a feel for what foods work for you? So if cookies and fries work once, maybe you stick with the same foods next time. The other approach would be just to treat every carb up like a separate event and go by the look, but it seems a shame to not be able to take data from one show to another to improve the process. Sorry if that's confusing, hopefully you get what I'm asking. All right, so I think what he's asking is, you know, how do you replicate that look if you liked uh, what happened, right? Yeah. if you, if you like the effect that you got? And, okay, so while we wrote down what we did, it's not like every the, the following show, I was going to look at that as a complete blueprint because, you know, while he's roughly the same weight and close to the same state he was in for a previous show, he, he might not be. Maybe there was an, an extra leg of a flight involved to get to where he was going to be. Maybe um, he was just under a little bit more body stress, whatever it could be. No two, no two carb ups or preps are going to be exactly the same. And Nate can probably talk about that too. But because we've tried a, a couple different things, but uh, in the case of hemorrhage, it was as simple as this. He I was looking at his body weight throughout the day as I manipulated things like water. And if water was staying the same as it was the day before and I was feeding him food, obviously, um, you know, by four or five meals in, if his body weight was the same way it was in the morning, that tells me his metabolism's popping. And that as we get closer to bedtime, he's probably going to dr- he's going to be pretty light the next morning. And if I feel like he's flat, that means I gotta feed him. So it's really just as simple as you know, eating a meal, waiting about an hour, having him pose, and on that second round of posing, either I'm looking at him or he's sending me picks, and I compare it to the previous set of picks. Or you know, I, I basically take picks uh, between every meal and I look at him based off the last meal and the previous meal and the previous meal, and then from there we come up with a game plan. So for him, let's say his base meals were like five ounces of a chicken or turkey protein and, you know, 200, 250 grams of rice, I would just determine, okay, do we need to add more rice? Do we need to add rice cakes? Do we need something a little faster, a little dirtier, like a muffin? Um, And then I think at the end of the day, he was still just working right through food. I had him go and do a burger and fries. Now that's not something I recommend to everybody. You know, some people they're like, when do I get my burger and fries? (laughs) And it's like, oh, no, 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 like you're right where we want you. You're going to do chicken and rice and we're actually going to pull the carbs down a little bit because you're right where we need you. you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's more of having like a good eye and monitoring the body throughout the day in the previous days and just knowing what variables need to change. Um, and it's not so much like I don't say, okay, go and get a particular brand muffin or go and get a particular brand of whatever. It's all right, just going at a... I think what's the thing Chris Asito said one time when he told someone like go eat an apple and they're like, well, like which one fine. like a, a red one or, or a yellow one or a green one and He's like I don't know an apple okay do I skin it or do I just eat the flesh it's like just eat the fucking apple dude like what will we'll yeah. determine afterwards you know what I mean so so I, I don't think I have as complex of a process as maybe some people might think you need to have I guess
0: I go with you there I, I feel the same way I'll go ahead well, I was going to ask Nate, uh, how many burger and fries has Andrew given you?
2: A lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me tell you one time. So this is for the North Americans in twenty, uh, the COVID year, twenty twenty,
0: right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It so, feels like when it walk- feels like a decade ago at this point. Yeah, but it was literally last year. <laughs> well,
1: well, so, so we always know
2: Nate's condition is going to be among the best. Like, of course, it's not going to change. You know, like we're going to get there. But, you know, we knew he was going against Nick, you know, and Nick's a big fucking boy. Yeah. So we had him doing his regular meals, which his regular meals are still pretty big. What was it, like six to eight ounces of chicken or beef and like two yeah, cups like of 75 rice. 75 grams of carbs. Yes. Yeah, se- yeah, 75 grams of carbs from rice. And then we'd throw in, I think, at least like four or five of those meals we had him eating some of those My Cookie, uh, My, uh, My, what is it, My Cookie Dealer cookies, which yeah. those pack an extra thousand, thousand calories easily, you know, probably an extra 150 carbs and an extra, you know, 40, 50 grams of fat. And we were just monitoring, you know, based off that, you know, you can have two cookies this one, you can have one cookie this next meal.
0: Yeah. And
2: it, what, 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 what I like to see, what, I, what amazes me is just how he's able to still control his midsection after, you know, three meals in and, and still and having those cookies. With him, you know? um, <laughs> That's the hard and, and part, you know,
0: man. That's the hard part because, like, it's, it's all fun and games, throwing burgers in and stuff until yeah, yeah. somebody can't flex their abs anymore, right? Yeah, well, that's another
1: and, point too. Is like digestion could be off too. Like, let's say you pre- peak someone for one show, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you're, like digesting the same right. So that's definitely a variable too that you can't really make duplicate the same peak, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think too, absolutely. like you know, if some of these pros, you know, they hit it 100 percent on one of their shows, like then yeah, if we could write that on paper and duplicate that every time, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, yeah. but that that's not the case, you know, and especially as bodybuilding, we always want to get better, put on more size in the off season so we come back and we do a prep it might be a little bit different we, our body might respond it might be you know different from the previous year because we have new muscle now you know
0: sure mm-hmm. sure or you're going to hit that second show it's like if there's if there was anything you wanted to change like let's say we say like oh I'd like it was a great peak but let's be a little bit drier so we cut water out faster. Now the whole equation's changed. Once you, you know, you don't have as much fluid to deliver those nutrients anymore. You know, digestion slows. Um, how many of times it.
1: have you guys gotten a guy ready for a second show and their metabolism just cranks? You know what I mean? They have oh, yep. thirty. That's and me. Then it's like, this might, yeah, exactly. So
0: <laughs> that's where. How
1: that, about
2: this? Well, how about this scenario too? You're doing shows in Florida, or, or let's say you're doing shows like in the Northeast where humidity is relatively nothing, right? And then you go down to Florida like for the Olympia and you do a show where there's high humidity, like how does that affect dropping water? You know? Um, so there are, there are tons of different variables and I think good coaches will in the back of their mind be accounting for those and, you know, making the changes that they think that that will yield a better result based off the environment, the condition and the environment of the athlete, the mental state of the athlete. I mean, to me, I think the biggest thing that messes when an athlete's in shape, the number one thing that messes up an athlete's peak is just their mind. Like, I, I, if someone is truly peeled, okay, you don't feed them enough, they're still going to be peeled, but they might be a little bit on the flat side, but they're still freaking peeled. Yeah. If someone is peeled and you overfeed them, like, okay, maybe they're just a little spilled, but they still have the detail everywhere, right? But if an athlete starts, like, internally, you know, the what ifs or like, oh, shit, I just saw that picture of so-and-so in my class or whatever it is, you know, the self-doubt. I think that is where because cortisol is going to go up, liver is going to start dumping glucose, and then you can't feed the athlete. And if you keep on trying to feed them, midsection is just going to get bigger. It's kind of like a, a traffic jam coming off the interstate, like like all the cars can't get out to where they need to go because insulin sensitivity is not where it needs to be. So that's when the your body starts holding water, starts pushing water outside of the uh, out of the muscle, um, and that's what creates that kind of watery mess. Like when guys really miss their peak like that, it's because they mentally got in their head.
0: Yeah, I could see that for sure. All right. I think we had something else here. This is one of Skip's questions. Although Skip could not be with us today, he said, um, question for the show um, What body part do you hate to train? I thought that would be an interesting one. What body part do you hate to train? Biceps. Nate? Biceps? Honestly, yeah.
1: It's funny because everyone usually says biceps, but I love training arms.
0: Do you? <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I'll say this: I like to train arms when I'm in contest shape, and like on <laughs> on the good stuff because they're like bursting full all the time and they look good. In the off season, they look yeah. flat. There's there's no like the curves <laughs> and lines and everything. so it's just like
1: ah fuck it, I don't even want to do it. <laughs> but honestly, I hate training delts. I won't lie. Really, really, yeah. I don't know why. It just seems like a lot of effort for me, and my shoulders get like pump the fuck like really easily and like they fatigue like super easily. Um and it's, for some reason it's just not doesn't really do it for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd say biceps personally. It's hard to say though cuz there's n- abs. Can I say abs? I don't really like training abs directly. That's I think not fun. Say, uh,
1: nah, that don't that don't count. No one likes training abs. All right. Don't, don't uh, say calves cuz Arnold will be listening. Calves, I hate training <laughs> calves,
0: but I don't I did train them for the first time in a year. Uh yeah, but You
1: got monster calves, got
0: yeah, that's, I, I, was I cool. talking
2: to you about this, or who was I talking to? Like we we're looking at your pictures, and it's like, oh, Scott's got legitimately huge calves. <laughs> he's like, he's the guy that doesn't have to train calves.
0: Yeah. I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't train him. You know what I noticed though um, is that I, when I go to run, I will run on my toes. Like if you were to, yeah. you know, or if if like we were to like getting getting ready to get like into your fighting stance my body naturally goes to my toes and I don't think everybody does that. So it's like, uh, yeah. I think I use my toes more than, than, than normal people do. And I think that's yeah. been the reason why that happens. That's the
1: key. Yes. Start my toes. <laughs>
0: yes. And you'll change everything. You'll change everything. So, uh, I was trying to think biceps and shoulders. I would say shoulders used to be like my most fun thing to train. Like that was, yeah. that was like my ego lift. Because I'd yeah. go in the gym and I could shoulder press more than I could like dumbbell press and mm-hmm. like chest press. And I would, it was that exercise where I wouldn't do any, I'd do the least amount of warm ups I possibly could to ensure that I could overhead press the incredibly most amount of weight that I can possibly okay. lift. You know, it, that was my exercise was like, yeah. yeah, you might be better at me at squatting, and rowing and bench press, but I can shoulder press you, (laughs) you know, uh, (laughs) I can out shoulder press you. Nice. Yeah. I think I'm with you on the biceps thing though. Biceps aren't really that fun for me either. Let's see here. Okay. We got another one.
2: You know, like before a show, it's kind of fun, but beyond that, it's an afterthought. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So here's one from, uh, Andrew says, uh, what do you think? Oh, this is Ert from earlier. He's got another one. Let me find it. I thought it was somewhere. Uh, maybe we didn't. What else do we got here, guys? We didn't get we tell him to type it again. Yeah, it didn't it's not showing up.
2: Uh Okay, well, let's do this. Can yeah, we talk about fa- your favorite um three compounds for pre-contest? Have we ever discussed, you know, favorite three compounds for the off-season?
0: No, we didn't. We haven't done that. That's easier, okay. I think, because it's not as complicated. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but maybe we have some different opinions.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want to start us up, Nate?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, obviously, testosterone. <laughs> um, and then, like, some guys might shy away from it. But, I mean, we've always had good blood work with it. But, I mean, Trenace, I mean, you can't go wrong there. <laughs> Trenace I mean, in the season. Yeah. Okay. Well, well you, should pre- you should preface this, Nate, by telling them, like, I mean, if
2: you want to tell them about your blood work and I, you know, I mentioned how some people genetically just have like superior genetics when it comes to processing compounds and, and dealing with the negative side effects. Like Nate's one of those guys where, you know, you're like, is this shit even real? Like you mentioned I mean, him, no, but not by name. I, mentioned, I No, I mentioned someone else actually. Oh, I, I okay. talking about someone else the other day. Uh, okay. Who I just picked up and I've been working with for about 10 weeks now, but no. So, um, but I mean, Cats out of the bag. Nate, you got good genetics, buddy.
0: <laughs> I mean, and
1: honestly, too, I guess uh if you get really good primo, I mean, primo is a shit. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh so, yeah, those three.
0: It's a good combo. I we just did a show on test ace not too long ago about test te, or excuse me, trend ace in the Trent, off season. Yeah. Trend in the off season in general. Um I was talking to Dave Crossland about it and we were talking about you know, the pros and cons of it, but I've seen some good results too. I mean, I feel like it's,
1: it's, it's hard because you almost, you don't want to be, people are almost like, no, right. No. Exactly. So, exactly. Well, you we just don't want to be promoting. Cause we all know that typically
2: for most people trend and any of the users of trend are going to be the most dangerous or the, you know, the most disadvantageous to yeah. their health. So you don't want to be promoting people to do dangerous things, but we're already in a sport that errs on the side of promoting dangerous things. So I, I mean, trend is the best compound out there. I think most people will agree, you know, and, and gram for milligram for milligram, it's going to get you the most bang for your buck. Um, but yeah, I would agree, uh, testosterone, um, Prima I really like Primabolin. and actually this is a counter. I like Prima because of the safety side of uh, side effects kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't, I find that it's much safer and healthier for people. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Like in terms of blood work and, and effect on lipids and stuff like that. Um, to go to throw a different compound out there because um, I do like the trend, but uh, we'll say test Primo and Anadrol to add an, to add an oral to the mix.
0: An Anadrol and and,
2: typi- and typically in shorter in shorter spurts.
0: Okay, um,
2: you know, ten days at a time. Oh, that's it. Twenty days. Well, here's why. Okay, and some people you know they don't have this side effect, but you know I, I find a lot of times 10, 12 days into running Anadrol, appetite goes to shit. It so does like, for me. Get my. I couldn't get my sixth meal in man like so it's like to me if you're not eating you're not going to be giving your body the building blocks to grow yeah. so you might feel a little fuller and a little better in the gym when you're on anadrol but uh, so th- there's that con so here's what i would do is i would do like maybe a two weeks of anadrol and then take like four weeks off and then two weeks back on and kind of taper it and cycle it that way
0: yeah i could see that yeah i found when i was younger i could handle more orals in the off season yeah. And then with age, I found that they tend to affect my appetite more. Contest prep, Agreed. not a problem. But like D ball, that used to be my jam. Like I liked D ball yeah. a lot, but anymore, I, I stay away from orals. I just feel like, yeah. like you said, ten days in, that appetite starts going.
2: Yeah, and you start forcing meals. But the, you know, the plus of using orals during contest season is that it helps take away that appetite, right? Like true. Like it's it it's a it's a positive at that point for you.
0: Yeah. Um. You guys didn't. Neither of you guys mentioned. Uh. The heavy hitters for off-season, which are usually DECA and EQ. Those are, us- those are usually like the two go-to compounds that everybody suggests. I'm surprised nobody said that.
1: I feel like uh, DECA or NPP makes me a little bit like on the blue side, if that makes sense. Like I get a little bit like not depressed, but I'm almost like, eh. Like yeah. I don't really like – I don't know. It's the one thing that doesn't really make me feel like, I don't know, like great, I guess. Great. Yeah. Yeah, overall. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I felt that way when I I, I had ran DECA w- one time, at, and it was at a pretty high dose, too. But it was like the whole run of it, I didn't feel good. So for that reason, I've been more into EQ, personally. I felt Same like, here. Yeah.
2: Yeah I, the too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't run DECA in 10
0: years.
2: Yeah, I haven't run DECA in 10 years. Yeah. Now NPP, I, f- I feel, is a little bit better than um, Deca in terms of the side effects, but even then, you know, I, I keep that much lower in the dosing.
0: It's it's easier, I think, to control short esters in general. You know. Yeah. 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 I would yeah, we, say we talked about
2: this too about also you know splitting your injections up into much smaller doses versus you know like back in the day guys would do like all their gear on like Sunday you know yeah they would take their two CCs of test and two CCs of Deca all in one day and nothing throughout the rest of the week whereas i think yeah you're going to get a burst you know your 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 blood levels are going to be hyper saturated but i don't like that back end or just that you know i'd rather try to keep it like this versus like you can see like that and then like, you know
0: yeah that's just me i think side effects are better that way in general you know acne yeah. being one you know just everything really i i'm going to go with the uh, with eq i'll say my best cycle that I had had in the off season was EQ with NPP actually, and uh, oh, and I get a third, so it's going to be test. I that's got to be in there. You know what I mean? You got to have yeah. test in there. Yeah. If I had a fourth, then it would be injectable D ball. That was that doesn't affect my appetite the same way. Yeah, yeah,
2: I stayed away from the injectable orals. Um, Uh, maybe just because I get sick of injecting things before going to the gym. But,
0: you know, it is,
2: I I guess also like, uh, and I could be completely wrong. I feel like those might be the more dangerous compounds that people could abuse that are used that could lead to abuse of like dyslipidemia and other things. And I could be completely wrong there. It's just something I never got into like injectable. What's the other one? Like methyltran and injectable. Uh, we got some uh, crazy stuff out there, like pig's blood and shit. <laughs> <laughs> got, like, yeah, there's all these things blood blood that I'm the They're forms. like, how, how should I run this? And I'm like, I have no idea, dude, like, I'm never going to touch it. So I'm not going to counsel you on it. If yeah. you want to try it, like I would start really low, like 25 megs or something and see how you deal with it, you know?
0: Yeah. I think some of the those like the real super like almost like the pre-workout products. Yeah, I feel yeah. like they got popular as Jordan Peters and progressive overload got popular because, yeah. I mean, you can lift more if you take Halo yeah. before you go to the gym. You know, you <laughs> will lift more. There's no question about it. I, I do like the
2: combo of uh, uh, test, uh, t and e, um a little bit of antidrol and some um, Halo testing before your training session. So I nice. mean, I guess i uh, yeah, I guess I was talking shit when I say I don't really like those pre workout <laughs> things. And I'm not talking long term. I'm like, let's say, let's say you got really weak legs, both muscular wise and strength wise. Yeah. And like, I might have a guy do, you know, two hours before do some injectable, um, you know, probably run those two orals and then probably do a little bit of TNE as well. But I can see it's not that. like I an
0: mean,
2: <laughs> I said you've been what's holding that? out on me. <laughs> yeah, your legs are big enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What uh what have you guys been working on this off season? I know I've seen you pushing some really heavy weight this year, Nate.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it always gets hard cuz the bar is always like set higher, right? So Yeah. It's one of the things, you know, it's like shit, now I got to do this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're sort of always like it's a new uh you know, weight and stuff like that to hit. I mean, this year was a big it was crazy like when I came out of the show like my rebound, like strength wise, was like, ridiculous. Like, I can't even, like, now I'm like, how did I lift that? Because, <laughs> like, I was like inclined benching 405 for like eight reps. And I'm like, I remember I'm, that. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not matching that now, so I'm not really sure. And, and the thing is
2: that Nate always does it with weights. He, I want to point this out. He does it with weights he can do seven or eight reps with. He's not yeah. just picking a super heavy weight and risking tearing a peck with, like, one or two reps like we see some guys do just for Instagram. Like, those yeah. are his working sets with, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's a that, that's a big distinction we should talk about because I see so many guys, and we know a big guy that did it last year, you know, for the gram, five plates off, and, like, yeah. boom, like, you know, tore it and Now You know, he, he he was out for at least a whole year. and. I don't think he's ever going to look the same again. You know,
1: yeah. I, we just see a lot of cases like that. Just take an undue risk. Well, I think that's the thing too, is you gotta, not to say that I'm anyone more special than anyone, but you gotta sort of be a little bit in tune with your body and sort of know, okay, like, you know, let's say like, let's take the progressive overload. Let's say I benched 405 for six, you know, and I go in there the next week, I'm not necessarily going to do 405 for seven because it might not be my week. Right. So instead of forcing the issue, I think it's, you know, paramount that you sort of are aware of that and say okay this week i'm gonna maybe back off a little bit and you know mm. there's still progression there down the road you know so i think so
2: you're uh, saying like if you did 405 for six one week maybe you drop to like 385 and you get like eight reps the next week right that kind of what right. you're saying like just being like I, I probably can't go higher than 405 or i might not be able to do more reps but i can take down just 10 or 15 percent mm. and get more reps and really
1: see some progression that way too well i think some people get caught up in that sort of like, okay, next week I definitely have to like beat this number. And yeah, that's a good thing because it sort of sets you, uh, your expectations to a certain like way that, okay, I really have to do this next time. But if you walk in the gym and you know, you got to sort of know if that you're feeling that or not. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people push the envelope as far as like, okay, I got to do this. You know what I mean? They're sort of set in stone as far as progressive overload goes, you know?
0: Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I like that. I I think that that's probably one of the things people struggle with the most with progressive overload is knowing and myself included included knowing how to back down, you know, knowing that you can't hit that that top set over and over and over again. Plus add a rep plus add five pounds. It's just it's not going to happen. What's what's been your your biggest struggle this like the biggest thing you've had to learn, I should say, I'll say it that way this past offseason.
1: Well, for me, my upper body always tends to like explode. So (laughs) it's sort of like keeping those legs matched. Like Ah. Andrew said, like my legs are good, but my upper body is a little bit more dominant. So it's really being aware of um, keeping a balanced physique. So I think you see that too on a lot of pros that sort of are in the same ballpark, but they don't really are mindful of like keeping the balance, you know? Um, You know, like Juan Morel, for an example, not like I'm comparing myself to him, but you know i think he has great legs but his upper body is just so dominant you know what i mean so yeah. and i think that's something that can hurt someone cuz when judges are looking at their physique i think they're looking at let's say you know i'm 10 pounds bigger but it's all in my upper body that might actually bring me down in placing mm. you know I mean? so when the judges are looking at your physique they're looking at okay is this guy complete and is he and you know when you're judging against other competitors i think that takes into account and um, you know you got to be mindful of that So one of my biggest things I think was just uh, two things was after nationals was, you know, my legs weren't necessarily like small, but I think they're a little flat. (laughs) So here we're sort of going into it, being a little more mindful of like, okay, like obviously we're going to push the conditioning, but we're almost also more aware of, okay, as we get closer, you know what I mean? How the legs look and how are they holding up? Um, And then also my presentation and control. So I'm really using like Nick Walker as a big motivation You know, as far as like keeping that waist in in between poses um, in those vacuums um, and sort of practicing a little bit further out, whereas like I might wait till like five weeks out or something and start posing more. Um, And now just sort of, you know, being aware of, you know, in between poses more or less like I can hit my mandatories really good. But, you know, you get people forget that, you know, when you're walking out and when you're walking off stage that whole time, you're being judged. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned something about Nick. I think that his posing was a huge part of what made him look so good on stage. You know, he was, his posing was, I'd say is close to, I hate to use the word perfect. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we can always do better, but damn, it was freaking good.
2: Yeah. His face didn't change expression until he hit a most muscular where he did like the, you know, yeah, the tongue out. Intentionally. Or, but yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when the excitement rose, that's when like his face changed, but... Like, his breathing, you could not see his abdominals breathing at all. Yeah. Like, and even when they went to the third round in the confirmation, like, it looked like it was his first pose of the day, you know? Um, yeah. And it actually reminds me that, remember, we were talking about Rami last year for having that yeah. um, that kind of poise. So, you know, both of these guys have that kind of poise on stage. It's, they might go a bunch of rounds. To say that like would be cool. Stars, which would be, yeah, like, that's going to be really nasty to see.
0: That would be cool.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, another cool thing is – uh so last year when we started prep, I want to say I was 267. And this year I started at 280 in the same body composition. So
0: Nice. I mean, you never know
1: what until it, it looks like what on stage, so I'm not going to make any predictions. But, I mean, I think I'll definitely be a little bigger this year. We'll see how it looks once it's all put together. But that's always promising.
0: Hell, yeah. I'm excited and, to see that. you're working
1: on your posing right now. You're working on your posing weekly,
2: uh, right? Yep, yep. Like you're doing posing sessions with um, John? John, yep.
0: Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. We got a uh, we got something in the live feed here from Nathan. Kind of kind of relates to what we were talking about. He says, uh, "What's the one compound, y'all?" I always bring attention when people say y'all. I like that. What's the one compound, y'all? Scott, Andrew, Nate loved the most prep or off season that you loved the most, but you've realized with age the body just can't handle besides trend
1: um, I, mean, I don't know if it's with uh, i don't know if it's with age but i did definitely notice like i really like halo testing but um i definitely noticed like when i come off it i'm like it's almost like a my my air comes back i'm like oh wow i was really had no patience oh,
0: you're real intense for a little you while there Yeah,
1: you're don't realize you like oh i'm being much nicer to the dogs now <laughs> not getting like so easily uh, frustrated
2: i think that's twofold though and i'm not going to discount the effect yeah. that the compounds have on that but i do just think and we talked about this the other day that like when you're in that contest prep your soul tunnel vision especially as you get closer and closer to being judged that you do have this elitism of like, well, I'm doing this shit and no one else can do it. So I don't have time for them. Yeah. They're not, they're not on my level. You know what I mean? Like when you've already been up at four o'clock and did, you know, 45 or an hour cardio and you've had your four carb-free meals and now you got your little bit of carbs for pre-workout and you're going to have a little bit of carbs afterwards and more cardio probably. You just don't have the patience for people that aren't on your level doing that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that what we do with bodybuilding is changing the world or that we're like doing this super elite You know what I mean? It's just that the mindset of the competitor gets so locked in to that day and everything you're going to do is going to be towards that goal. Like, think about this. If someone told you, like, it's like, there's nothing you won't do, you know, to look a little bit better once you get to that certain point and you start to look good. If someone's like, well, 800 of trend is going to make you look better than 400 you're probably going to use 800 megs a trend. You know, sure. I'm not saying I'm not, I don't think it's personally going to make you look better. I'm just going to say that. So I tried it. I can tell that. you
0: 700, I can tell you 700 doesn't work better than 400. So
2: exactly, exactly. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. You just produce more side effects, right? You can't sleep and you can't uh,
0: sleep. I didn't. So I can't, I can't say that either. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You got to yeah. find out, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I did hear about this one dude that we kind of know, uh, he was using two two hundred megs of trend a day, I think, over his last month of prep.
0: Okay. That's a lot.
2: That's a <laughs> yeah. that's a
0: good deal. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's four fourteen hundred a week. Fourteen hundred a week. Now, maybe I'm out of the loop and maybe that's standard for some guys. But <laughs> any anyone that works with me is not is gonna be probably closer to a thousand less than that. So
0: Yeah. Wow. Huh. How about let's see. I, I mentioned D ball earlier. I feel like it, you know, maybe with age, I feel like, eh. but then again, you know what? I can't tell because I feel like maybe I'm just more sensitive to noticing things now where the first cycle you're like, ah, I'm just happy to be growing. And you're just like, I don't want to eat this, but I just, I, I don't care. I just eat, 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 you know, whereas yeah. like a little more time I'm like, huh? I mean, I'm not really hungry where i might have forced it before and now i'm like yeah this isn't adding up maybe there's a better route you know so it's hard yeah. to say it's hard to say if it really has affected my appetite negatively or not but eq think- i'm a little careful with eq now because it does it does increase my hematocrit i've seen that yeah. firsthand so I'm, I'm a little careful with that one now
2: well i think that's where knowledge comes in right like so it's not that you don't love the compound or you, you your body can't handle it you know that internally it's not yeah. as good for you as other compounds so you have that weight in your mind of like well this is going to mess my lipids up more yeah more.
0: yeah this is
2: this is going to lead to some dyslipidemia or this is going to lead to some um you know hematocrit issues or whatever it is you know and you know that just based off your previous blood work You might have felt great on it but you just know that it's doing something negative to you so i think you bring that base of knowledge as you do this for five six ten years that yeah you just avoid certain compounds for those reasons not because they made you feel a certain way because i personally have never had a compound other than orals taking away the appetite in the off season that i'm like oh i can't handle that or oh that makes me feel actually you know what i will say this i did try dhb for a little while and i did not like it no not one bit from the minute I, I popped the uh, the cap off, I could smell it. The whole huh. house smelled like this, uh, like just straight chemicals. Yeah. And it just made me kind of, put a sick taste in my stomach. And I did it for like maybe three weeks. And I just felt like like lethargic and just not good. So that's so, so I didn't like the compound, but I just know my body can't handle it. So I gave it all away to somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever used DHB or dihudiboldenol? Me? No. No. I have never had, I, 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 use a lot of my experiences with people. So I think I probably told them like, eh, I don't like it. Okay. Like yeah. You, I you can I get had. the same.
1: Did
0: you I, like it? Uh, okay. I, I, I actually, I did. Um, and I did really well with it too. I found it to be like any cue, but with less fluid retention, a lot more, like I got real vascular. I ran it into a show. It was, it was good. It was good. Um, and then I used it again in an off season at another point, but I've heard so many people not being able to handle the shots that I've heard so many people that, yeah. And and I don't know what it is because some people especially will be a lot more sensitive to it. And some people some companies, I don't think brew it as well as others.
2: I think it's uh, something they use to stabilize it. I remember I was talking to someone who's more of like a chemistry expert. Um, it's like well, because it uses that glycol stuff. Is that what it's called? And
0: that's probably what you got the smell from, because I think the smell is the glycol. Yeah. And
2: that, so I don't like anything with the glycol; it just makes me like. Bleh. But there was something else in it too—a different stabilizer, or preservative, or something that. Okay. Um, Not EO. Than the other compounds. I can't remember now. Like okay. I said, like this is like four years ago and I just like, you know what? I'm not I'm just putting that in the into the box of things I'm not gonna try.
0: Yeah. But now yeah. you're making me
2: want to try it because you said you had a good experience with it. It so. was
0: really good, man. It was really good. And I like I said, I ran it twice too. Um I'm trying to remember. I think though I think, you know, I was running it with tests, so I'd always cut it with like if you have a something that is more painful and then you mix yeah. it with something that's less painful, you know, then I think you're 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 gonna get a balance out of that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. And Nate, do you have anything else to add to that?
1: Um, I did notice sometimes, like when I take uh, Anadrol, I get like a little, like pretty lethargic, and hmm. at certain times I'm like I gotta pull back, you know what I mean? So, and there's sometimes where I run it and it's great. So, I don't know if it's an age thing or just you know. Yeah. What about but yeah, um. I, it's hard because like a one test. Oh, uh, no. Nah, I I did try the. What was it the yeah is that um that new right. stuff What is it called methyl oh, uh, yeah what the hell is what's it? what's the one that's everyone on right now i have no yeah, idea I'm trying to,
2: but now i want I'm trying to, know. to remember now yeah uh, <laughs> it's i think it's one of those you know what hold on oh test uh
1: is it testosterone or whatever Or what is it you know what i'm talking about scott
0: is it are you talking about trust alone
1: trust alone yeah yeah oh yeah trust, yeah, tr- tr- yeah. Yeah. What did I say? What did I call it? I called it
2: methyl one test, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, trust alone. Have you ever used that? (laughs) I
0: I did. I did. I used it twice. I used it years, like over a decade ago, and it was super rare to find. Um, It was my second show, and I was taking 50 every other day of the acetate version. I didn't notice any real major side effects. I did notice that I was getting some bloating from it. And I, we didn't know a lot about it though. It probably wasn't like the best compound to run into a contest, you know? Were but
2: you running enough of an AI with it?
0: Uh, I ran, yeah, this is like back. So, back a good decade plus ago, mm-hmm. like more than a decade, we would hammer the AI so hard at the end of a show where you'd go to like one milligram of Arimidex every day and then you'd go to like plus, you know, 0.75 letro on top of that oh really you know a few times a week every other day uh, i will say
2: letro's been making a comeback yeah um, i've with like new guys like i've seen a couple young guys plans and um they're running like a milligram of letro a day on top of either aromasin or Rimadex
0: into a into at, a show into a show okay
2: and i think it's an effort to try to like make them seem like they're drier than they are because like, they're not the people I'm thinking of, there weren't in great condition Yeah. Um, at the time they started it. It wouldn't have been my go-to uh, to kill your estrogen at that point, though. Uh, yeah. And just like, I think I took it once, like years ago, because someone gave me some prescription stuff and like within two days, I'm like, I don't like how I feel on this. So, so that's another <laughs> compound I put in the list of, we, we keep talking about compounds. I'll come up with a whole list actually, now that I'm ready. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> But I did use uh, I did use trust alone, uh, the long acting version this past year. So I was on that run doing really good with strength, building, 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 and I got to be the strongest I've ever been. And then I added in literally just hundred milligrams per week of trust alone. and it started making me feel dark. like it started negatively affecting my mood because everything was going good. There was like everything was smooth. Training was great. Nutrition was like real consistent. Mood was just, you know, normal. Nothing to like notice. But then I started feeling like darker and like my training started getting darker and it it just turned into like this. I could tell it was affecting my mood. So I stopped taking it and it it had a longer term effect. Like I could tell, oh, by the way, I started getting like some nipple sensitivity. So I started increasing the AI. I think I was running like 600 tests with it. And um, I had to keep driving it up, driving up the AI. I think I was at like a milligram every other day. And then finally, I was like, after about five weeks of it, I was like, yeah, I think I'm getting off of this stuff. But I did get really strong on it. And then after that, I had like, I'd say like a good two or three months where my libido just like it wasn't the same as it had been before taking it. So I I liked it. And honestly, part of me is like, man, I want to get on that again because I got so strong. But Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it that's the thing. When you get older, you got to weigh
2: those costs and you know, you know, the, the cost and benefit of adding some of these compounds in, like you being a jerk and not having libido, and you know, putting on, you know, some of your strongest muscle that you can put on, right? You know what I mean? Like, what's the trade-off? You know, maybe it works out well for you when you're stuck down in Michigan. Yeah.
0: and <laughs> your lovely, <laughs> lovely
2: girlfriend is stuck in Canada. It doesn't maybe matter. Maybe now's the time to run it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, no, I'm here now. I'm here. But yeah. But now
2: you're but, but now you're up there. So
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, you know what I, I think, Andrew, too, when you're talking about, like, lab work, um, that if you uh, if you just are, like, you're running your first cycle, you're early on, you're like, yeah, I don't care if this is going to affect me, I don't care if it'll, you know, mess up my lipids, because it's just this one time, you know. But when you've been doing it for five years, seven years, that's when I think those those health things start to add up because then you're like hey you know what I I gotta start and you know thinking about my health a little bit more so I can see kind of kind of echoing what you were saying earlier where that's where it starts making a difference if you're it's your first cycle you're like ah, I don't care it's just a one-time thing you know
1: well that. go ahead I was just gonna say for myself it was like almost like what you don't know what you don't know so when you're mm-hmm. starting out like unaware and it's almost like better and the more you become mm-hmm. aware you're like hypersensitive of this stuff because you're like Oh, is this happening? Or you know what I mean? Like, cause you, yeah. you just know more, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I was going to echo your point, Scott, about cause you know, when you get like a young
2: guy who is pretty good, he does well at some of his shows early on and I'm talking like 1920, he's like, okay, I want to turn into a freak. I want to be like Nick Walker. Like you tell me exactly what to take. I'll take it yeah. and you tell him like, look, man, like, or they're and the other thing is they're like, I'm ready to quit my job. I'm going to dedicate mm-hmm. everything to this. And you're like, I listen, like, I know it's hard to see it right now but you are going to want a life after bodybuilding or yeah. even a life with with bodybuilding you know even better and yeah you know like it's like and, and it's totally possible to do like you don't have to kill yourself in the quest to get huge you know what i mean and put all these other things like education or career advancement or relationship or any other you know goal that you might have otherwise you don't need to like completely put those to the wayside Yeah. Um, so I find a lot of my time with younger guys is counseling them on like, now nah, we're going to do a little bit of less because I, I want to be able to hear for- hear from you when you know I'm 80 and you're 60, yeah, and you're doing okay, you're doing well in life, you know what I mean? Like, and I think you'll thank me for it then, you know? Maybe you won't, I don't know, <laughs> but
0: yeah, maybe they'll not listen and go win the Olympia and then say I told you so. <laughs> and if so, more power to them, right?
2: Yeah, but I think you know, I guess the other thing I try to explain to them is that like the number one factor. And winning the Olympia is genetics. You know, it's not the amount of yeah. gear you take. Because I guarantee there's a lot of guys on the amateur circuit taking more gear than the guys on the Olympia stage this week. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys that don't even compete. Actually, th- this one blows my mind. There's a lot of guys that don't even compete when I sometimes I go on the forums and I see some of these cycles that these guys are taking, and they're they're not even competitors. Yeah. Or they did like one show five years ago and they're running thousand megs of trend and you know, all sorts of things. And I'm like. Uh, it, it, to each his own. You know what I mean? Like maybe you have a timeline on how long you want to live and the quality of life you do want to have. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the clients I attract and the people I want to work with are people that want to be able to fit bodybuilding in, but also live a very healthy life and, and a long life on top of that too.
0: Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, we still do have people that listen to the programs that, that don't get it. And, because I'll, I'll see comments where people are like, "Oh man, why is Dusty holding back on us and not telling us what he really takes?" You know, and yeah. it's like there there is a cold hard reality to it that there can you know, and, and I'm going to use Nate as an example. I mean, Nate, you you are a hard worker, and that's the first thing that I think of when I see you. But at the same time, you definitely have some gifts on your side too. That I mean, there's there's no ifs ands or buts about it because if it was just a game of hard work, then everybody would be at the olymp. Not everybody, but everybody who worked yeah. hard would be there, you know? And I can tell you that a lot of us haven't made it that far.
1: Yeah. Well, even for like a guy that. like me, it's crazy because you see guys that, because like, I'm sure people look at me the same way, but I look at some people that were like behind me and now they're ahead of me and I'm like, what mm. the fuck? Yeah. Like <laughs> we are talking like about like Brett Wilkin. Like, yeah, he mm. works his ass. But like the guy was a classic competitor, like. Two years ago, now he blows by me. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. He's a great
0: example of,
1: of bodybuilding. You know, isn't fair. Yeah. No. It's well, not. well that,
2: that's that's my point about genetics. Because let's say I, I would say Nate and Brett work equally as hard. They both hit their training sessions like it's the last one. They both, you know, probably take appropriate and normal levels of compounds. Uh, they both eat their six seven meals a day. They don't skip out on that shit. Genetics are the only other factor there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's the, why one person can blow past someone else and look just a little bit better on stage, have a little bit of a smaller waist, wider shoulders, whatever the hell it might be, put on muscle tissue faster, stay healthier to be able to stay in the game longer. I mean, pick a factor, but genetics rule everything. There's a reason why I'm not in the NBA or you know on a professional soccer field or you know, any of those other factors either. So,
0: yeah, I think though that there's an attitude of um, if you if you if you say that, you're telling somebody not to try. That's, it, it gets mistaken as like, well, well, then why even try then? You're, you're a hater. You're, you're negativity because you're telling me that I can't do this. And I, and I, I know that, that what you're saying is the opposite of that. It's just a matter of, I think, knowing your place and enjoying the process and being able to enjoy bodybuilding at the level you're capable of it, You know whatever that level may be.
2: Well, I think back to, like, guys that did have excellent genetics. Like, think of, like, Trey Brewer or Chris Cook, you know, back in the early 2000s. Guys that had all the genetics in the world, blew past their competition, turned pro within a year or two, and probably could have had really good careers as pros. But, you know, so genetically, they're right up there at the top. But, you know, maybe because it came so easy for them, they, you know, kind of lost interest in it. Maybe other factors in life caught up to them because they put them, you know, neglected them on their quest in that one or two years where they were putting on all that size. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think you can totally, my model has always been, you know, like John Meadows. He was a businessman, a family man. Um, and he was able to make bodybuilding work and turn it into several businesses for him at the same time. Obviously, you know, I look at guys like him, you know, Scott Stevenson, um, you know, skip guys that like turned that took a hobby bodybuilding an interest in a hobby and turned it into a career, but also we're able to have families pursue educational opportunities and still be alive and kicking here, you know, at 45 and, and doing well.
0: Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. So, I, I look at that too. I like that. All right. Well, we haven't told people on this installment guys, if you, uh, if you don't follow Nate Spear or you think you follow Nate Spear, you might, might not be following the real Nate Spear anymore. Cause Nate got hacked what is what is your new uh, Instagram, Nate?
1: Uh, it's at Nasty Nate Spear. Okay. So, new one.
0: so for anybody who's watching this, um, you're obviously, if you've made it this far, you are one of our hardcore OG fans. So we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, I know that you want to go out and follow Nate and, and follow him in his prep, follow him in his training and all of that. Um, Bodyberry, bodyberry.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I made a joke, Nate. Because Andrew posted a, uh, he posted a picture, he showed us a picture one day, and I got this really dirty look from him, and I'm going to talk about it. He posted a picture from like his first show, and I was like, oh, that's when you were barely swole. Yeah. <laughs> and then you changed your name to Barry Swol. I swear sorry, to God, that. I saw like lasers coming out of his eyes when I said that. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was pretty good. Well, so imagine how
2: it. I felt when I first started posting my pictures on the forums and, like, you know, what I was the comments say, I, love, I would get. I love your
1: story about the swimmer on the forums. Yeah. And They're like, oh, talking- you look good, kid. When's your next swim
2: meet? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, in a minute, I was like, Fuck this guy, you know, but I'm like, yeah, you nobody's know right. I'm a, I'm a tall, lanky, 190 pound bodybuilder at 6'2. I need to get up to 240, 250, you know? So, oh, yeah. any those it. comments are what, yeah, maybe, maybe those comments are what really helped fuel me, you know? Well, I think I was like always good, very self motivated, but I do think, you know, maybe a little bit of that
1: healthy jabbing definitely helps, you know? I, I think a good take home actually is for any of the listeners is I just found this out. I sort of knew, but Andrew was on another podcast telling a story, and it's really cool because After that show, correct me if I'm wrong, but he took a solid eight years off to put on that stage weight and he was determined, I'm going to come back a super heavyweight and not many people can take eight years off and, you know, dedicate that and then return to the stage as the super heavyweight like they wanted to and the correct amount of time. You know what I mean? They didn't rush the process and they, he took his time. Yeah.
2: I mean, I understood that like I wanted to be competitive and that, you know, not just compete for fun and and that I can still bodybuild. For myself, and hmm. go through the motions, and do the training, the eating, and diet down to get to see what it looked like every several years. But to be competitive on stage, I knew I needed to be. You, you can't be a six two, you know, two hundred to two twenty pound bodybuilder and expect to have some type of success on a on an NPC stage. And um, now, you know, I will tell you this though. Like I think with all those time, all that time that I took to, um, you know, took off from competing you Know, I think I can help other people maybe avoid some of the mistakes I made that took it that, that made me take eight years sure. to to do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of experience that I gained in that time period for sure.
0: Barry Swole sounds like the name of a buff Care Bear, I'll take that, Andrew. So Thanks Andrew here. says, and then Nick chimes in and says, Yeah, Care, Care Bear, Care Barry Swole. So everybody's giving Andrew shit now. I think I opened that floodgate. I I don't know if it's
2: shit. I think it's more compliments, right, guys?
0: We appreciate you guys watching the live feed. And, uh, Nate, we appreciate you hanging with us, man. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Of course, my pleasure.
0: All right, guys, go check everybody out. As I said, uh, check out Nasty Nate Spear. Go to BodyBerry.com. You can reach me at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Of course, if you're here, you probably already have subscribed. But if you haven't, then do us a favor. uh, Subscribe at our YouTube, like, comments. All that stuff helps to boost us in the algorithm. And further, if you want to ask questions on the YouTube, we will take them on the next show. We appreciate you guys. and We'll see you soon.